Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. When you talk about spikes in crime, this is our hotspot. And you see those boxes of food back there? Yeah. So you have people, churches that come here and they give them food, which I get it. Everybody needs to eat, but the problem is they encourage them just to stay here. Uh, and now you have old food that's trash with rats, rats everywhere. Um, and then, then they go into these houses right here. Oh, boy. So many rats. That's Laura Ingram on Fox or their new podcast or whatever it is. They got a new Fox channel. Fox Nation website, a web streaming uh, channel. I don't know where to find it or how to get it or whatever. <laughs> I'd have to look, and that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> well, and you got to um, pay for it. And who has the money these oh, days? Oh, you do? Well, I'm not paying for another channel. Um, but anyway, that's Laura Ingram with her special on uh, the, the great uh, cities of the West Coast and uh, talking about the rats. Well, let's play one more and then we can discuss all this. There's a little more from her special. What percentage of the people who are homeless are on drugs? <sighs> if you had to guess. If I had to guess, uh, 80%. Yeah. San yeah. Francisco police told me 90. Yeah. And a study in San Diego, uh, uh, Seattle said 90% also. So okay. yeah. call it 80, even if you want to be extra generous toward the uh, homeless. That's four out of five homeless are drug addicts. So that's a different thing than uh, you need tiny houses. Yeah, four out of five, nine out of ten. Let's not quibble. But, uh, you know, uh, progressive America, we could come together and, and argue about, maybe disagree about policy prescriptions and, and that sort of thing. If... We can get you to recognize the facts. We don't have a homeless crisis. We have a meth crisis. We have a, specifically, the new meth that makes you mentally ill in a big hurry crisis. And if you hesitate for a second to say, yeah, that's true, because you think it, pick your phrase, demonizes the homeless, blames the victims, distracts from the real need, we have nothing to talk about. If you can't recognize what the real issue is, how in the world are you going to cure it? You know, the first part of that I thought was really interesting, though, because I saw the I saw the little um, promo from her special. So she's riding along there in L.A. past some of the worst of the homeless camps and everything like that with the police. And there's all that food there. And the, and the cop talks about how the churches, um, you know, they get it donated and the churches put it there and everything like that. And I know Laura Ingram is probably uh, a little conflicted on this, as I am, as she is a uh, quite out and proud practicing Catholic. And I'm at least nominally a Christian with Christian values. And a number of my local churches do this sort of thing on uh, weekends. And I see it and I think you're giving free food to drug addicts. I'm not sure this is helping anything. Make I don't know it how to absolutely effortless to be a tweaker. And I don't know I don't I don't know how to I really don't know how to deal with that in my own mind or in reality. You know, help the poor, the down and out, the least among us, all that sort of stuff. Okay, it makes all good sense to me. If Jesus were here today, um uh I, I might say to Jesus, Hey, I know you're uh, I know you're smarter than me and better in all kinds of different ways, but you you just gave a drug addict some uh, money or some food. I'm not sure that's helping him. Well, and certainly, you know, if you wanted to feed people at a church or something like that, there may be controversy in the surrounding neighborhood, but dropping off crates of food that are then rat magnets, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Just be adult enough to admit that. It's causing other problems. Rat magnets. 
Yeah. You know, I want to want to see a band called Rat Magnets. I'd go. Oh. You can always leave. What's the cover charge? Anyway. <laughs> oh. You can always leave if you don't like it. <laughs> right, exactly. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Who knows? It might be your favorite new band. I don't know. I got a church not far from me that does the thing on Saturdays and good people with just the best intentions in the world. But I see a whole bunch of people that are that are loser drug addicts with cell phones getting free food. That's what I see. Well, the road to Omaha is paved with good intentions. I mean, the road to Manitoba. I mean, London. I mean, hell! The road to hell is paved with good intentions because it turns you off to reality. You stop questioning it because, of course, your intentions are good. And anybody who says, excuse me, what you're doing is really, it's not helping. In fact, it's counterproductive. Wait a minute. They must be a bad person because your intentions are the best. That's why it's a it's a numbing agent. Good intentions are a numbing agent. Instead of carefully and constantly appraising and reappraising how successful a policy is, people turn off their critical faculties. That's what that expression means, at least in my opinion, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. So I you know, and, and again, if somebody is strung out on meth, okay, they you know strung out strung out buddy. What is it what does Elvis call people? Jack man. Jack, that's it. <laughs> How could I forget that? Anyway, I've never uh, been high on anything but music in my life. They said I was strung out. Strung, I, was, I, was, I was sick. <laughs> I, I had a fever. Anyway, where were we, Elvis? Ah, uh, yes, back in the junkies. So, you know, particularly during my young rock and roll days, I knew I got it on. We had we had big fun. We we tested the boundaries. All right, we, things got nutty at times. Did you have long hair like a girl? Strung out. Yes, Elvis. Did I have long hair like a girl? Yes. What? That's what I asked. <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, I did. Uh, hmm. But anyway, anyway, look, somebody's just partying that they they end up with a meth uh, habit. They've got an addiction. I get that that is somebody who uh, needs compassion, needs help. I am not. Uh, I am not coming at this from some sort of high and mighty. Only a weak person or a stupid person would ever develop a habit that was bad for their health. I was just saying earlier. My, I just. I got my blood pressure checked. It's way too high, and one of the causes is I've been drinking too much. Okay, I am not coming at this from some sort of high-handed, sanctimonious place. I'm coming I thought at you, it. You'd think drinking would calm you down, lower your blood pressure. Ah, that takes, yeah, uh, that's relaxing no, for a long a little, day. Yeah, but cumulatively, what? It's not, uh, I sound like Joe Bidener. It's not good for your, your circulatory system. Anyway, uh, so I'm not coming at it from a sanctimonious place. I'm coming at it from a, okay, here's a person who's got a serious problem. And, and a serious problem that could get worse and worse for them to the point of killing them or destroying their mind. And while they are going down that escalator to hell, they are going to to seriously affect the world around them, the neighborhoods, the people they interact with, other people uh, who might have a meth habit, etc. So from a very rational, compassionate but rational point of view, what is the best thing we can do for those people? Not what policy makes me feel enlightened and compassionate. We need to talk seriously and in an adult way about what helps them the most. And it is my contention, and I stand ready to be corrected, that if you as a municipality or a neighborhood or whatever make it effortless for people to be tweakers and never demand anything of them, 
they will descend further down into hell and you will have done them harm, not good. Again, I'm willing to listen because this is an important problem. But what we have is not a poor, unfortunate person with one too many medical bills problem who can't afford the rent because the rent is too damn high. We have a meth junkie issue in this country. We need to address it. Anyway, I appreciate Laura Ingram leaving the wilds of northern Virginia and Washington, D.C. to come to the West Coast to uh, take like a trip to the zoo (laughs) and and see what the Armstrong and Getty show has been telling you for a very long time. So a lot of people are making something of the fact that they got this climate change conference and you got like 400 private jets lined up on the runway and Biden himself had a motorcade of 25 vehicles yesterday. I thought it was 80. Maybe it was 80. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of a different story. But Maybe anyways. your brain said that can't possibly be true <laughs> and rounded down. <laughs> um, uh, that That's kind of fun, those numbers. Maybe we'll look into some of that stuff and uh, and other things for you. Our text line is... 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. You can shove your climate crisis. You can shove your climate crisis. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. You know, I'm confused to, on multiple levels. I'm starting to warm to old Greta Thunberg. Her, do we have her clip from earlier? Let's play that again, because, you know, she's growing up. She's dropping F-bombs and A-bombs. <laughs> no more exploitation of people and nature and the planet. No more exploitation. No more blah, blah, blah. No more whatever the f*** they're doing inside there. See, I don't wow, know. Saucy. I don't, I don't I wouldn't agree with any of her uh, um, uh, solutions to various problems, but... Her, her catching on to the fact that they're all a bunch of hypocrites just talking and nothing actually ever happens is, uh, is you know, pretty good. Good good to have that come at so young an age. With your empty words. Right. Well, there are a lot of empty words. You know, uh, so was, why, uh, why is she chanting you can shove your climate crisis up your arse? That I don't know. Hands is that up. pointing out the hypocrisy or Ex- that they're Ex- not serious or what? Ex- executive producer, explain that to us. Why is Greta the world leader in children telling us how to live <laughs> about climate change, saying you can... Let's hear the song again. That was charming. Huh? Oh, boy. I really like that. Hansen says he has no idea. Two, okay, three. We have, and it goes something like this. Uh, what? How do we need so many buttons to play every single clip? Including one we played three seconds ago. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. You can shove your climate crisis up your arse. You can shove your climate crisis. You can shove your climate crisis. You can shove your climate crisis. Climate crisis, climate crisis this sounds like, like the, the daughter of the head of Exxon Mobil would chant that. Well, right, but there was it. somebody in the middle of a woo-hoo. I mean, really got into it like hee-haw Loving style. And, right. uh, and they're clearly very enthusiastic. So there's some switcheroo going on there. But uh, I don't know what I don't know exactly what's happening there. But um, well, Swedish teenagers with their lingo and their 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 new expressions. Who so understands them. I read a couple of things over the weekend that that made an impression on me about this whole uh, global warming climate change thing. So a number of people are making the argument that look, this is really the last chance 
humanity has. This little get-together that they're having right now, wherever the hell they are over there in Europe, um, this is the last chance. I mean, either all the countries get on board and commit to this, or it's, well, it's an existential threat. They say that over and over again. Do you know what that means? The, the root word of existential is exist. We will cease to exist as a species, whoa! If we don't get this climate change thing fixed at this conference, it has to happen at this conference. We're out of time. Uh, and I heard a couple of things about this over the weekend. Well, one yesterday. You would think if we were facing a mankind will all die soon, that would keep the president awake. You would think you'd stay awake <laughs> through a speech yeah. about that. Yeah, I guess he's old. You ah, and everyone you love and every human being on Earth is going to be dead soon. <laughs> <laughs> what was that again? What? You'd no. think you'd say. And uh, I heard the argument made of you can't get anybody in America, especially on board with nuclear power. No, not nuclear power. Okay, so it must not be quite the existential threat you claim it is. Or all all bets would be off, right? You'd be open to any freaking idea there would be if it was all about saving mankind this week because we've run out of time. This is the last chance for Homo sapiens as a species, but not nuclear power. There's got to well, be. Well, there have way. been a couple spills that made some people sick. So, well, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! You're telling me fossil fuels are going to cook the globe and everybody will die? As it's been pointed out, nuclear power is the only power source where the uh, the exhaust is contained. Well, and just uh, does that just put a lie to the whole thing? Yes. I mean, if you're not willing to exploit, like you know, if you're going to die, you 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 drink your own urine. I mean, you do you do whatever you've got to do to survive when you're down to just the the the, the uh, brass tacks of this is an existential threat. Sure. But that's not the way they actually act. What about the Fukushima reactor? Well, that was a once-in-five-centuries natural disaster. And, you know, if you want to talk about what could have been done better, let's do it, and then let's do it. If the leader of the free world nods off during your speech, I just, I kind of find... Had a had a death care. He's just he's dreaming, of, he's dreaming about a... Buster Keaton routine he saw one time. Really I'll funny. get you, corn pop. <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and then, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm of two minds on this, and you're not supposed to be of two minds as a, as a talk show host. You're supposed to have one clear idea of what's right and wrong. Fellow certainty every moment. But, and I like the angle of... There are 400 private jets of various kinds there for all these people, and limo after limo after limo after limo. But, so, are are they all supposed to take... Ride donkeys? <laughs> United Airlines or ride donkeys, and then when they land at the airport, Joe Biden and all his friends are supposed to Uber over there just because it would be better than limo? I mean, it's, it's not realistic, is it? No, no, and honestly, as as enjoyable as it is to make those jokes, if they got together and let's put a, uh, put the climate thing aside because it's ride so controversial. Donkeys. Yes, they should but, all ride donkeys, and then two years from now, when they all get there by donkey, they should have a meeting. But if they all did that and burned that fuel and rode those jets and the rest of it and got to town and solved it, well, then it'd be well worth it. Yeah, you know, it's you certainly could question whether they actually have to physically convene in Scotland. 
you know, by the tens of thousands. Yeah, they could have zoomed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I read an article uh, yesterday about uh, the the mooses in Spain. The winters now are so short, it doesn't kill the, the ticks. And so the moose population is beset by ticks. It was so gross. Yeah, I saw that. So they're having to thin out the moose population now. They're, they're hoping that works. Well, see, here's the problem, though. The United States curbing its economy to X percent, while China and India say whatever, doesn't help. No, so no, it's symbolic. I don't know what the answer to I don't know what the answer is to this, but Wall Street Journal particularly had some great graphs over the weekend on how we have done quite a bit to True. rein in the amount of uh, pollutants that we put out into the world. China has not, and they have no. grown. Their economy has grown, and so they surpassed us as the biggest polluter. And they don't seem to show any indication. Their president didn't even show up to this thing. Now, they don't show any on, indication. China. So this whole, let's make a gesture as the United States and everybody else who come along. Yeah, what evidence do you have of that? Well, I think we ought to be developing the technologies to lead us into a fossil fuel-free future as fast as possible. But to your point, desperate to meet its electricity needs, China is opening up new coal production, exceeding what all of Western Europe mines in a year. Wow. At a tremendous cost to the global effort to fight climate change. They're burning coal faster. Yeah. But we're supposed to sacrifice to set an example. Yeah, I don't think so. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That's what critical race theory means. If it means separating five-year-olds by race and telling some you're oppressors and the others you're the oppressed and giving up on a colorblind society and resegregation and racism is the essence of America, then I'm out. My children are now in private school and are thriving. We had specifically moved into L- based out of LCPS due to the swift and uncompromising political agenda of Superintendents Williams, Ziegler, and, sc- the, and the school board that have forced upon us. First, it was in early spring of 2020 when my six-year-old somberly came to me and asked me if she was born evil because she was a white person, something she learned in a history lesson at school. Then you kept the schools closed for a year and a half despite the science indicating that it was safe for kids to return. And now you've covered up a rape, then arrested, humiliated, and falsely accused her parents of being domestic terrorists. I wish I could return my kids to LCPS. Private school is expensive, and I want my kids to be able to walk home from school with their friends in their own community. I refuse to allow you to destroy our schools. They are not your schools. They are our schools. You all should be ashamed, and you should have the moral courage to admit you are wrong and step down. Amen, sister. So as you heard at the beginning there, Bill Maher said, if that's what critical race theory is, then I'm out. So then you had a mom describing how uh, her daughter asked her if she was evil. That's just fantastic. That's just awesome. That whole crowd that you cultists are so into, Ibram Kendi and Robin what D'Angelo and the rest of it, they think racism is good, just the right sorts of racism, and they get to decide to decide what they are. If you've fallen for that argument, you have a soft head. So um, I just came ac- across an interesting story that is kind of apropos of nothing, but kind of apropos of everything. Wow, that was a deep statement right there. The absurd. Are we, are we stoned in this scenario? We are. We are high AF. I, I missed the memo. 
The absurd Twitter suspension of Quinn Hillier. This is from the National Review. In any ranking of dumb Twitter suspensions, Quinn Hilliers has to land pretty high up there. Um, uh, recounting their story, uh, how it went like this. So on Twitter, people often have fun with random nostalgia games. Somebody named John W. Wolfsall posted this on Twitter the other day. Tell me you watched Saturday Night Live in the 1970s without saying you watched Saturday Night Live in the 1970s. This is a big oh, thing on it. Twitter. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. To which almost immediately playing off the phonetic similarity of his first name with that of one-time SNL star Jane Curtin, I wrote, John, you ignorant slut. For those mm-hmm. of you who didn't watch Saturday Night Live or are too young, that was like the catchphrase on the news segment of Saturday Night Live first season. Uh, the female on News Anchor would go on some thing. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's response Dan Aykroyd, be, Jane Curtin, yep. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's <laughs> response in the debate would be, Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> <laughs> it was like point-counterpoint, yeah. but brutal. <laughs> if, if you could stop leaping from bed to bed with the frequency of a cheap ham radio, you would see the truth. Of course, having nothing to do with the actual argument she was making. Anyway. So this person responded that way on Twitter. As my reply was directly responsive to what had been requested, he quickly both liked and retweeted it. Um, Within 24 hours, this person, Quinn, received a note from Twitter flagging the tweet and informing him that his account had been suspended for violating the Twitter rules. Thanks, Twitter! Thank you. Thanks, Twitter! (laughs) Thanks, Twitter! Thank you, Tucker. Especially, specifically for violating our rules against hateful conduct. You may not promote violence against, threaten, or harass other people on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, religious affiliation, age, disability, or serious disease. Man, that takes away a lot of your humor, humor categories but, but right But you can humiliate somebody on the basis of mild disease. <laughs> Keep it in mind. Nice cold, idiot. <laughs> Way to have eczema, dumbass. <laughs> exactly. But not serious disease. <laughs> uh, so according to Twitter, playfully tweeting out an old SNL joke to somebody who is amused now represents hateful conduct. Some have pointed out that Quinn's suspension was likely triggered by a bot programmed to react to the word slut rather than some overly sensitive human. But the suspension started on Saturday night, and there were now into Tuesday morning, so there was plenty of time for a human to intervene to restore sanity. Well, I'd say there are, they got nine trillion Twitter accounts, and it would take an awful lot of human beings, even in several days, to correct any mistakes by the algorithms. Quinn reports that he wrote a polite note appealing the decision, pointing out the context. He quickly received a reply reading, Our support team has determined that a violation did take place, and therefore we will not overturn our decision. Now that's a human being taking a look at it and making a stupid decision. Mm -hmm. The only option he was given to get his account reactivated is to admit he violated the rules, which he did not. (laughs) Oh my god! Uh, When we discuss the issue of tech freedom, it's important to emphasize distinct points. Yes, as a private company, Twitter has the freedom to impose whatever policies it wants, however arbitrarily. But at the same time, it's apparent that Twitter does so in such an incoherent way that it deserves universal condemnation and mockery. The idea that Iran's Ayatollah Khomeini was allowed to use Twitter to communicate with his terrorist proxies and incite rocket attacks against Israeli civilians and never got banned even after people knew what was going on, 
but that this repetition of an SNL joke represented hateful conduct promotes violence is patently absurd. There's all kinds of examples of people doing horrible things on Twitter that are allowed, but that not being Jane, you ignorant slut, referencing an old joke, you get banned for hateful conduct, even though you as the sender and the receiver both gave it a thumbs up and a like and both laughed. Yeah, Tom, go ahead. We're into weird times, man. Yeah, I'd say Tom Elliott, who actually founded a couple of different publications, including one we use for audio clips for the show, got suspended from Twitter as well. And he just posted a string putting out uh, everything Twitter tells the public, the government and its investors is a lie. And he goes into he made this joke on Twitter and and the person he tweeted it at laughed and retweeted the same situation. Uh, within minutes, Twitter locked me out and told me to delete my post. I did, believing this would enable me to return, but then he couldn't tweet for a week. Um, and uh, so he went into the whole appeals process and the rest of it. Uh, p- Twitter claims that people who have been wrongly suspended can repeal their verdict. This, too, is a lie. I appealed three separate times, never received a response. And then he goes into a, a, a long list of the things Jack Dorsey has claimed in front of Congress and how each and every one of them is either a lie or they haven't executed yet. And, you know, it's it's kind of longish, and a lot of people aren't on Twitter, don't care about it, so I didn't want to, you know, beat you to death with it. But yeah, always boy, when those to... tech giants go to Congress and testify, most of what comes out of their mouth is just horse poo. It's always worth stating that most people are not on Twitter, just factually. Over 50% of Americans aren't on Twitter. And then of the 48% of people that are on Twitter, it's a tiny percentage that drive all the content. Right. Um, those of us in the media world, though, it's just such a handy way to, 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 to get all the news of the world. And there's a lot of benefits to Twitter. But, man, their, their, their policies of who gets to talk and who doesn't are just crazy. So coming up, the defund the police movement has taken a shocking turn. Hint. It's not shocking at all. And we'll tell you about that. But first, a quick word from our friends at Car Shield. Dealing with a car repair can feel like a lose-lose situation. You lose your money and you lose your time. And if you don't have the right coverage, just one repair could bleed you dry. That's why you should call Car Shield. Save you time and money. Taking care of a covered repair with Car Shield's administrators is super easy. They handle the paperwork and the expensive payments so you don't have to. Handling the paperwork, man, that's huge for me. I really love that. And again, you get to choose the mechanic to do the work. Um, plans from Car Shield even provide coast to coast roadside assistance, rental coverage, trip reimbursement, all at no additional charge. Really, if, if whether your car is five thousand miles or one hundred and fifty thousand miles, Car Shield has a monthly coverage option to fit your budget. If it's about to get out from under warranty, now's the perfect time to get in touch with Car Shield. It's a win-win call today or click today. Visit carshield.com slash Armstrong to save five, 10%. 10%. That's carshield.com slash Armstrong. A deductible may apply. You're curious. How does it work? Hmm? Go to carshield.com slash Armstrong. Speaking of lies and the lying liars that lie them, uh, Terry McAuliffe, who's running for governor as a Democrat in Virginia, at his final rally last night. This is his final rally. This is his closing statement. His closing argument. Guess how Glenn Youngkin, that's his Republican opponent. Guess how how Glenn Youngkin is finishing his campaign. He's doing an event with Donald Trump here in Virginia. Boo! Boo! That was a lie. Trump wasn't in Virginia at any point during the campaign, nor is he going to be there today. That is a hell of a bold move. To me... That is the most interesting national implication of this whole thing. 
if you can, if you, if we're now all so siloed in our information that you can stand up in front of a crowd and say something that blatantly false and it doesn't matter, that's huge. Yes, yes, which reminds me, we haven't gotten to that whole Lincoln Project fiasco. No, we haven't. Oh, my gosh. I yeah, hate we those people. I've hated the Lincoln Project crowd from the inception because I hate all the people involved in it, Mike Schmidt and all of them. Just a bunch of the worst kind of people in politics. Got a bunch of rich people on the left have given money to them, too. I wish that the great emancipator himself, Lincoln, who was one tough some bitch. I wish he, was, he would rise from the grave and just whoop up on him, wrestle him. Bend them in knots, box their ears. Come on, ghost of Abe Lincoln. Get them. That's a weird thing for you to want. They call themselves the Lincoln Project. It's an obscenity against the great Abe, the man from Illinois. I won't have it. I get that, but if he came back to life, the first thing you'd want him to do is beat up your opponents. (laughs) Well, beat up those who are desecrating his name. Of course, you know, if he did that, he probably wouldn't have been Abe Lincoln. But seriously, if you can stand up on the final event of a big campaign that's getting nationwide attention and state something as false as, and what is my opponent doing? He's campaigning right now with Donald Trump. When that's not even creep. When that's not true at all. Yeah. If you can just do that. I think people are catching on to that scumbag. I, I certainly sure hope so. Hope so. Yeah. So that whole Lincoln Project debacle, you you may not be following it. We'll explain it to you. It's just the state of politics today could not be worse. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. I'm sick of talking about COVID at all. I was before I got COVID, but once you get COVID, trust me, you'll be interested in all the policies involved. We got this text. My thought is to not get tested. My son got a stuffy nose, so I kept him home for a few days. We did not test because who knows how long he'd have to stay home if he tested positive. Lots of people are doing that because of this whole weird, crazy thing you got at work and at home and the county. People are just not getting tested to avoid having the hassle. I'm right. not sure that's a better alternative. No, no, it is not. On the other hand, the the authorities, without any question, have squeezed too hard, and the people are slipping through their fingers, as the old metaphor goes. They've found ways to work around what they see as draconian and unnecessary measures. You know, it's not shocking. But a, a quick note: the uh, Let's Go Brandoner, the LGB A and G T-shirts flying off the shelves. People are loving them. They're at ArmstrongandGetty.com. Uh, we'd appreciate it. it helps uh, keep the guys on the payroll during these troubled times. LGB. That's my, right. son's got, my son's got a little league game tonight. There's not a chance that between the two teams, there's not at least one kid named Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. That's what I say. Cheers, Let's go, boy. Brandon. That's right. Uh, so, uh, you know, we could explain to you what's happening, but I think Tucker Carlson actually did a pretty good job last night. So just give us clip 62. This is what happened. Unfortunately for the rest of us, the racial unity message, which we so badly need, does not get Democrats elected. So last week, Democrats in Virginia concocted yet another fake race hoax to make voters hate each other and increase their electoral advantage. Democratic political operatives posing as neo-Nazis showed up outside a Glenn Youngkin event carrying torches. They stayed long enough to be photographed by a credulous local reporter 
And then Terry McAuliffe's campaign team circulated pictures of those alleged white supremacists claiming they were Yunkin supporters. He's a racist. Many members of the media did the same, of course. And then, within hours, the lie collapsed. And that's when we learned that the Lincoln Project was, or they said they were, behind this. You get crushed by people on the right uh, as a dirty tactic. Do you stand behind what was done, and is that being what you guys say you oppose? Um, no. Listen, every day uh, I hear people pleading with the Lincoln Project to help show Democrats how to win, how to play hardball. Um, you know, this is an example. That's Stuart Stevens of the reprehensible so-called Lincoln Project. Uh, here's more from Tucker, 63. They staged a fake Nazi rally. So you have to ask yourself, who's spreading hate in America? Well, they are. And then you've got to wonder, under the current rules to which we're all subject, why is the Lincoln Project still on Twitter and Facebook? Has Bank of America closed its accounts on moral grounds, as they've done to so many people on the right? Are these creeps at the Lincoln Project, some of whom apparently covered for their child molester colleague, are they still allowed on PayPal and GoFundMe? Of course they are. Have their donors been doxxed and exposed and driven from their jobs and their homes? No. God, and, all you need to know about politics is the Lincoln Project was made up of some heavyweight Republican operatives that when they saw an opportunity to, to make cash were willing to do anything to gain that money. The guy, the head of the, the head guy, Michael Schmidt at the Lincoln Project, he ran the John McCain campaign. That's how big a deal he was. And he was willing to turn on all of his things that he supposedly believed in when there was money in it by being a rep at MSNBC and the dollars started pouring in. These people, so many of the people that are involved in our politics, even some of the people that we all like really root for, are just transparently cash grabbing immoral, I don't know what you want to call them. scumbags, or scumbags. whatever you want to call them. So, uh, yeah, who was the child molester guy with Lincoln Project? Was that, uh, I don't want to accuse somebody unjustifiedly yeah. of being let a me, child molester. Let me molester. dig that up, make sure we got the right guy first. But I, I like Tucker's greater point, which he returns to later, which is, okay, so you got like David Geffen and Jeffrey Katzenberg and, and, and uh, Paul Getty, no relation, funding groups that state, because they have all given lavishly to the Lincoln Project, the Lincoln Project staged a fake Nazi rally to impugn a candidate. Now, what does it say about your candidate if you have to entirely invent a Nazi event and try to tar the other guy with it? What does that say? Well, no, no, sir. That's exactly the point. There are no Nazis in this scenario. They don't exist. They're fantasy Nazis. I'd rather play fantasy football. But they're fantasy Nazis that, that they pretended were rallying for Glenn Youngkin. How disgusting is that? It's unbelievable. And believable at the same time. John Weaver is the member of the, he's the one of the co-founders of the Lincoln Project. And he was accused by a number of young men of coming on to him like 14-year-old dudes and that sort of stuff. And he was involved in running John McCain's campaign and John Kasich's campaign. And like I said, these are some high ups in the world of politics who apparently have no real moral compass or, or political leanings any way other than what's going to make me the most money. Right, right. Reread This Town by Mark Leibovich, a classic in which he points out, well, there's a scene where a Republican and Democratic operative uh, about to appear on a talk show or just did. They're in the green room and one of them says, yeah, uh, people just don't get the joke. 
What joke? Well, I don't want to say. They finally get around. The joke is that we're patriots. Those those political hacks. That's the joke. Yeah, that was Ed Gillespie who ran, uh, who worked against Terry McAuliffe, the guy who's right. currently running in Virginia. They both each ran each uh, the other parties at the time, and they were working together to just you know, it's just a game for these people. It's all just a game. It's a money raising game. You score a few points. Sure, they care about it as much as publicists care about Yankees v. Red Sox or Dodgers Giants for the West Coast or whatever. You know, I'm scanning the Washington Post to see if they had any coverage of the fake Nazi rally because uh, Tucker Carlson went on to make the point, look, you've got one campaign staging a fake Nazi rally. That's not news? That's not interesting? That There's no room for that? On the internet, since your newspaper is a website at this point, can you believe the dishonesty? Well, they got caught and it collapsed so quickly. I think that helped the uh, perpetrators of the fraud. None, but uh, you would think the attempt would get enough attention. Well, yes. No, there's nothing to see here. We got nothing to say. No coverage. Oh, what? One campaign staging a fake Nazi rally and pretending it's the other? No. What's that? Is that a big deal? (laughs) Wow. Hey, if you ever miss a chunk of the Armstrong and Getty show, you can grab it wherever you like to get podcasts. Get yourself a podcast app on your phone, or if you want to just follow an easy link, it's there at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.